this is on a better pace. It somehow seems more like a human pace. And it isn't fraught with the types of stress that folks talk about so much these days. Stress at work and stress with scheduling and stress with family. My name is Janice Reuter, and I live and work on a small sheep farm in East Central Minnesota. We're doing what's called rotational grazing. That helps keep them in the type of grass that they eat more of. If we just let them loose, they would always eat shorter grass, so we need to manage that. We worm them twice a year. We vaccinate them once a year when we shear. And when times are busy, they're busy and you get tired, but you just do it. Border collies are the traditional herding dogs. So there's two directions the dogs go. Off to your left is a come by and off to your right is an away. Away. Instinctually, they will go and gather sheep and bring the sheep to you. This is a traditional shepherd's crook. At night, they would just jam this in the ground and hang their lantern from this little hook here. Shepherds traditionally went with their flocks and they would roam many hundreds of miles. And it takes quite a while because when you're moving with sheep, you need to move them at about three miles an hour. And that's because if you move them faster than that, they lose weight and you don't want them to lose weight. The robes that people are depicted wearing, the long woven robes, they slept in those. So they would go out and they would walk with the grazing flock and at night, they just lay down and went to sleep. And then the next day, they'd get up and move on. This type of life where you're really living with, for, and around living beings, it's wonderful. It doesn't seem like work.
right, we are continuing our series, The Lord is My Shepherd, as we look at it verse by verse uh, through each of the six verses. Last week, we looked at The Lord is My Shepherd, I Shall Not Want, and for those of you that missed it, uh, we talked about The Lord is My Shepherd, He's Your Shepherd, and I made everybody stress the word my because I wanted you to grab hold of it. He's there for you, He's taking care of you, He's your shepherd, He's your warrior, your protector, and, uh, and then we said we, we shall not want, we won't want things. God has given us everything that we need and all the things that we know we need or that are in the future, he will take care of us. And we're going to have faith to believe that our shepherd will take care of us, that he's, he's ahead of us. He's two seasons ahead of us. He's 27 seasons ahead of us. He's taking care of us and getting everything that we need so that we can continue to move forward in our walk with him. Now, today we're picking up with verse two. And if you remember, I did proclaim it is in King James throughout this series. And uh, I want to read verse two. He maketh me Maketh. You like that? How many like maketh? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And so today we're going to look at uh, him making us to lie down in the green pastures, to get to the still waters. And then we're going to look at four things that sheep need so that they can actually flourish. Okay, so they can actually lie down because there are four things that have to happen in order for sheep to be able to lie down and to rest like they need to do. Now, when I start with this verse, it, it just jumps out at me, not just because it's King James, but it says, he maketh me. He maketh me to lie down. Now, how many just will confess here and at all of our campuses, you are a type A personality and you are driven, you are on go, 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 and if you're going to rest, God is going to have to maketh you to rest. Raise your hand and confess that you are that person, right? Now, come on, it's good for your soul, all right, here and at all of our campuses. Uh, that's me. I am the kind of person that I want to go, I want to do the next thing, I want to go, 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 and yet I look at this and it says, he makes me, he makes me to lie down, and, and, and it's hard for me to slow down, it's hard, and I had to realize that if it's here and he makes me do it, it must be good, it must be good, it must be something that I need to do, even though I want to go. I can remember once we were going on a vacation uh, to a beach home with a family in our church, and they said, Pastor Rob, they said, you know, you're so driven. You know, this is just a chill vacation. This is just chill. This, we're just going to rest a lot. We're not going to be very active. We're going to chill. Can you do that? I said, yeah, I can do that. No problem. And I read 10 books that week. I was like, I'm resting. I'm resting. You know, I mean, it was hard. It was hard. But he makes us to rest. And it's important for us to take the time to rest in God and to slow down. I mean, again, I can remember when I took the boys up to the Boundary Water uh, canoe area. We were visiting a friend, and we went up there, and my phone didn't work. I had no cell service. And they cheered. They're like, yay, dad can't, you know, talk on the phone anymore. He's really going to rest, you know. How many know that the pace of our life and the technology that we have, instead of making it easier, it's accelerated the pace. It's accelerated it. I, I used to have quiet time in the car pre-cell phone. You know, I just put on some praise and worship and be in the car. And that was kind of the, you can't contact me. I am in the bubble for however long the drive is. Now the car has become, take all my messages and all the people that I've got to call back. And while I'm in the car, I'm calling back all the people that I couldn't talk to before I got in the car. And so I'm losing a little bit of this quiet time. I'm losing some of this rest. And it's something that, you know, we look at this, we're saying, we need to slow down. We need to rest. And he's going to make us lie down. Now, it's interesting. 
in the pace that we live, in the schedule that we're doing, and most of us are starting to move to metro areas. If you look at this globally, people are congregating and moving back to big cities. Cities are getting bigger, suburban areas are getting bigger, people are moving to where there are more people, and they're moving into the downtown areas, it's kind of the thing to do. And you think about it, all these places that we're at, it's go, go, go. And we get into the metro area and it's go, it's faster. And the opposite of green pastures would be like Times Square, okay? And you think about it, God's saying he's making me to lie down in green pastures. And when you, you studied this and looked at it, they've shown that the actual calming colors to our spirit, the calming colors to our soul, to our spirit, to our body are like blues, browns, greens, all the things in nature. All, he said, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And you think about it, as we are in the concrete jungle and we're in the neon and we're in the glass and the brick and the concrete and, and the pavement, the thing that we long to do when we get a day off, when we get vacation, it's like we're going to the lake. We're going to the lake. We're going to get away. We're going to go to the woods. We're going to go get it. We're going on vacation. We're going to Yellowstone. We're going to get away. We're going to go to the ocean. We're going to be there. And there's everything that's there is blues, browns, greens, calming things. And it's as if God in his wisdom, which I'm sure it was, he said, I'm gonna make it so there's plenty of this around so you can leave the hustle and bustle and get out there and just relax and take it easy. I tell you, um, I absolutely love doing devotions by the ocean. That's kind of like one of my favorite things in the whole world. If I'm traveling and I'm anywhere even near the ocean, I try to get there even if it's 30, 45, an hour. I'm like, I, I just want to get to the ocean and be able to do that. I, just being around a body of water, being able to be calmed down and to be able to see how big and amazing God is. And there's something about lying down and taking it easy. I know that when I started in, in ministry, my dad said to me, he said, uh, Hey, being a pastor is going to be stressful. He said it's going to be stressful. And uh, I've never been a pastor, but I've been an elder in the church. And I want to tell you, you need a hobby. You need something that you can get away from everybody, and you need a hobby. So you either need to start fishing or golfing. It's your choice. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try golf. And he said, okay, I'll buy you your first golf clubs, and I'll help you to do this because I really think you need an outlet. And I can tell you this, it's been one of the most enjoyable things most of the time. Most of the time, it's been really enjoyable. But seriously, I, I'm out there in nature, and I'm out, uh, and I'm just green and blues and all these things, chasing a little white ball. And it's just, it's a lot of fun for me, and it gives me rest. And, and there have been moments on golf courses where I've just stopped and been like, Lord, this is absolutely amazing that you made this. And it's even better, somebody made it a golf course. And I've just been so amazed at it and just calming but whether you're on a mountain or you're by a lake or you're on a golf course or you're in a boat fishing, there's something therapeutic about getting away and resting in what the Bible would call green pastures. There's something about that. And he makes us to do this. He makes us to do this. And maybe some of you need to disconnect. You need to disconnect. You need to say, I can't always be on the phone. I can't always have the electronics going. I can't always, I've got to slow down, disconnect from all of this and get away. And I think it would do just an amazing benefit to your soul and your spirit and your body if you just get away and do that. It says, he leads me beside still waters. And I love this. And I really grabbed this because um, he leads us and it's a simple equation. He leads, we follow. 
He leads, we follow. And, and I know in our video, we had a, a dog and that's kind of a modern thing where you know, the shepherd is using the dog to get it going. But I love this, that the way that the biblical depiction of this is the shepherd is leading and the shepherd is, is saying something and the sheep are hearing the shepherd's voice. The sheep have a visual contact on the shepherd and wherever the shepherd's going, they're going that way. I love that it, doesn't, you know, that it doesn't say he guides me and drives me. He drives me where he wants me to go. I mean, could you imagine like we're just supposed to follow wherever God's going. That's what we're supposed to do. But could you imagine if God was like, you know, move, move, go, move, move, and barking at us. And we'd be like, which way? You know, I mean, he, he doesn't just push us and drive us. He says, go where I'm going. Go where I'm going. And I hope you caught that in that video where it said three miles an hour, three miles an hour. Like Jesus is walking at a pace that's probably a lot slower than a lot of us want to go. He's moving slow and he says, follow me. I've got it all under control. And we're like, do we, where do you want to go? Point me in the direction. I'm ready to go. He's like, just take it easy. I'm going to lead you. And we want to run ahead of them. We want to do whatever we want to do. But he's saying, just follow me. Simple equation. Wherever I go, you just follow me and you'll get there. And again, type A people. I, I'm really preaching to myself in this week's message. Because this week I was sitting there with Becca and I was like, I can't believe what God has done with us and where we've been. And I was like, what do you, where do you see us going in the future? And where do you want to go? And what do you think? Let's, let's make a list. And she's like, I just want to go wherever God wants us to go. I don't want to set a list. I just want to get there, and, and he'll get us there. And I was like, I need a list, okay. <laughs> I want some action steps and you know, plan and a strategy. And she's like, let's just let God get us to where God wants to get us. And I was thanking the Lord for that because, again, I'm so, let's go, let's go. But when you look at this passage, he's saying, you know what? I'll get you where you need to be. I'll get you where you need to be. Just follow me, follow me, listen to my voice, go where I say to go, and just go where I'm going and be along on this amazing journey. I'll get you to the destination. And when you're tempted to think like, you're not going fast enough, just comfort yourself with three miles an hour. Three miles an hour, but you're gonna get there eventually, three miles an hour. Now it says, he leads us besides the still waters. And um, sheep are very similar to all creation, you know, that, that we're full of water, full of fluid. They're about 70% fluid, and they need a lot of water. Now, it's interesting. Uh, sheep will actually get their water from three primary sources. They'll either get it from well water, where the shepherd will actually get it, pour it out for them, and, and take care of them, or they'll get it from a spring or a, a very calm stream. Now, the reason that it's a spring or a calm stream, not a big stream, um, first of all, they're afraid of loud noises and afraid of things like that. But secondly, they know that if they fall into the water, if it's not shallow, it's game over. Okay, think about this. They are a giant wool sweater. Okay, that's what they are. Like, imagine you, if you had a wool sweater, wool pants, wool sock, wool hat, and you fell into the lake, you'd be like, down to the bottom, right? So they know that. 
And so they're like, okay, water, not the friend. We need a lot of it to drink, but running water, deep water, not the friend. We're deathly afraid of that because we go straight to the bottom. And so it's either well water or spring and stream or dew on the grass. Now, this is so cool. I did not know this, but when, when sheep are, are needing water and it's a dry area, what they'll do is they'll get up really early and they'll go and eat the grass while it still has the dew on it. And they'll get all the water that they need for their life. And they don't even need to drink any other water. They'll get it all from the grass because the dew is on the grass. And they'll get up early before anything else, before the sun has the opportunity to burn it off and be able to get it that way. And I couldn't help but think, does that not sound like devotion time with God? I mean, here we are, we're like, Lord, I'm doing great with you. And I love that when I'm in worship, I just feel your presence and I'm just my spirit's so good, and, and I'm at church, and things are going so well, but all of a sudden, it's dry. It's dry, and the very thing we need to do is the very thing we go against. God's like, could you get up early with me and just spend some time with me in my word? I've got, I've got all the water you need right there. I've got everything you need, and we're kind of like, it's just so dry, I've got, I don't know what to do, and I'm trying to go to church, and, I, and we start t- pulling away from the very thing that we need to do, which is to get into God's word, get into his presence, and just get enough in that dry time, and it'll get us through, and then there'll be that breakthrough moment for us where it's just pouring over us. But sheep need all this water, and we, we need that same thing, we need uh, the fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, we need to be close to God. And yet we go chasing after all sorts of things. How many know that you know you're supposed to read your Bible, you know you're supposed to do your soap, your scripture, observation, application, prayer, just like on our website, we're all doing that. You know you're supposed to do that, but how many know the the newspaper says read me first, the magazines, the internet, I mean, I, I mean, I'll go to do my devotion time. I'll set down my journal and I'll have my little iPad and I'll go to open up, you know, Bible Gateway or whatever and I'll go to do our soap and all of a sudden every other website in the world just wants me to read it first. And it's like a spiritual battle right there. Man, it's time to dig into God's word and say, I wanna be filled by you. I need to be, the refreshing is gonna come from you. It's gonna come from time in your presence and not me chasing after everything else. And it's not just us that chase after everything because we are created with a thirst uh, in us that every single person has. We all have a thirst and a desire to have our spiritual longing fulfilled. And we are meant to have that fulfilled in Jesus Christ, but we go chasing after other things. And it's not just us. In Jeremiah chapter two, verse 13, it says, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. He's saying, I'm the one that'll quench their thirst. I'm the one. If they will just stay close to me and and realize everything they're longing for in life is in me, they'll be satisfied. But they've left me, and now they're chasing after other things. They're chasing after cisterns that, that won't meet their thirst, but they think it will, and it's wrong for them, and they're chasing after it. It won't meet their thirst. I'm the one that satisfies. And if I could just say this for just a minute... We go chasing after everything. The reason people go trying drugs and alcohol and sex and all these other things, they are trying to have their thirst satisfied. And, you're, and, and they know, they may know that it's in Jesus or maybe they don't know, but they're made to be thirsty and they're looking for this answer. And so they're trying things, but God is saying through the prophet Jeremiah, 
It won't hold water. It won't work. It won't solve your thirst. You were made and created so that your thirst would be answered in God. And so for those of us that know God, let's stop trying to have our thirst satisfied with other things. Let's go after God. It's an amazing thing. Some of us go after water that's bad for us. You know, the shepherd knows. He's like, no, that's bad water. And he'll steer the sheep away from it. Be like, no, that's bad. There's, there's parasites in that water. It's stagnant water. It's not good. It's not the type that you need. But the sheep are just like, well, there's water. I want it. I want to go after that. And think about this. God is steering many of us away from sins. And we say, yeah, but it looks like it'll satisfy. It looks like it'll satisfy. And we go and we drink water that is polluted and poisoned. And we may not realize this, but there's parasites in the water. And you're thinking, look at that. I did that little sin and it didn't even hurt anything. I'm okay. It must not be that bad after all. How many know that parasites take time? But it's coming. If you've been on a global team with us, we tell you, drink bottled water. Because if you don't, it's coming. And it won't be good. It just takes time. It takes, now think about that. Think about that with sin. You say, well, it's just a little bit. I'm just getting my things satisfied, my thirst satisfied with this little sin area over here. And God's like, it's polluted water. There's parasites in there. You're like, but I don't feel it. You will feel it. It will come around. It may take longer than you think, but I'm telling you what, when you drink polluted water, there's parasites in it and it will affect your spirit. It will take you down. That's why the good shepherd, our Lord and Savior is saying, you know what, follow me, stick with me. I will take care of you. I will lead you beside the still waters. I will satisfy your soul. Now, four things that sheep need. Let me just give you this because this is gonna relate to us. Each of these could almost be a sermon series in and of itself. Four things that sheep need in order to lie down because remember, the goal for sheep is to keep them healthy and fat and able to produce. That's what they're there for. It's supposed to be good. And so God is leading us to a place where we can be productive. Okay, so four things that sheep need, and it comes from Philip Keller. He wrote that amazing book, A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. He said this, the first thing they need is to be free from fear. Free from fear. If you are gonna flourish as a child of God, you have to be free from fear. And I believe that God delivers us from our fears over and over and over again. And many of us are driven because of fear. Some are driven with a fear of poverty. And so you're so afraid of ever being poor that you try to make more money and more money and more money. Some are driven by fear. Like, I don't know if I'll have enough. I don't know. And you're thinking like, you've got a ton you know, stockpiled away, but I gotta have more. It's the fear of that. And, and there's, we're driven with all these different fears and we have phobias of all sorts of things. And if sheep are going to be okay, they have to be kept free from any of the fear and they have to be calm. And if you're going to prosper as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to let go of your fears. You have to let go of your fears. And a lot of them are those unknown fears that we start thinking, what if, what if that happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if, what if, what if, what if my job? What about this? What about that? I don't know about my future. And all of a sudden we start worrying about this and worrying and worrying and worrying. And Jesus is saying, let it go. If you're going to be good, you have to trust that I'm a good shepherd. I've led you to the right spot. You need to let go of the fear. I will take care of you. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We just start worrying about things. I remember once I found a, a mole on my 
forehead because my hair was moving back. And I was like, I didn't know that mole was there. And, and it was there. And I was like, oh my goodness. where? And I was like, I, it could be cancer. It could be this. It could be that. And Becca's like, chill out. You know, I got the biopsy. It was like the two longest weeks of my life. And I was like, oh my goodness. I mean, I, I'm ready for treatment. I'm in praying and whatever I needed. And they're like, it's all good. And I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. You know, two weeks of stress. Two weeks of crazy. Today, let's focus on what God has for us. Let's let go of our fears. If you're dealing with fear, you need to grab hold of Hebrews 13, 5. It says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And why I put that one in here for this sermon? Because the shepherd's presence calms the sheep. And I'm telling you what, when you realize that Jesus is with you, your shepherd is there and needs to calm your spirit. If you are battling fear, 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. And if you really need one, Psalm 91, you need to grab hold of this because God will set you free from your fears. You realize he can take care of you. When I was 15 years old, I was going on my first missions trip, going to Brazil for the whole summer, not two weeks, the whole summer. And my mom was stressing. She's thinking like, okay, God, he's going to Brazil. There's you know, snakes and tarantulas and all these things. And, and I don't know what's going on. And uh, she's like, I, I don't know if we should let him go. And in that moment in our church, somebody said, I feel like God has a word for somebody here that God is the God of the night and the day. And like Psalm 91.5 says, you don't need to fear the terror at night. God is gonna take care of whatever you're fearing at night. And my mom just got total peace. Like, okay, God, I got it. You can see in the dark. You can take care of this. And they let me go. And it changed my life. That's where I got my call into ministry. Because my mom was able to overcome her fear. Be delivered of our fears. And as we're delivered of our fears, the shepherd can help us to be healthy. Second thing that sheep need, and they're a lot like people, they need to be free from friction. Free from friction. And all of their friction comes from each other. That sounds like people. And what they do is, you've heard like pecking order, like with chickens, you know, they have a pecking order. Uh, what they call it with sheep is a butting order. And they headbutt, you know, and they'll smack each other with their head and they'll butt into them like that. And so what'll happen is the sheep will be like, this is my spot. This is my green grass. Anybody comes into my spot, anybody sits in my chair at church, anybody sits here, I am gonna headbutt them and get them out of my area. Uh, this is my ministry. This is mine. I own this ministry because I've been faithful, and it's mine, and everyone will acknowledge that. And anybody comes into the turf, and boom. That's what sheep do. They, the little ones don't know the territorial rules, and so the little ones will kind of wander on in, and all of a sudden, bam, they're getting knocked down. Like, what was that? You know? And many times, the shepherd will have to go and discipline the sheep that are going and headbutting all the other ones. The shepherd will have to go and discipline them because he doesn't want the little ones to be injured. And he's saying, stop with this friction. Stop with this. We can't have this. We've got to get along. It sounds to me like people in church. And let me say this. As your pastor, as your pastors on this team, you do have to let us discipline you. It's not a good word. People are like, oh, I don't like that. But if, if all you do is go to a local church and you're just part of the church and you show up for services and then you leave and then when you're faced with anything that's discipline or anything you need to change or you had an attitude or something like that and you're like, well, then I'm out of here, then all I really am is your speaker on the weekends. I'm not your pastor. 
okay? So you have to take that. You have to take that opportunity where if I need to correct you or others need to correct you, you gotta understand that we love you and we care for you, but we've gotta correct that, that behavior, that pride or that aggressiveness or things that are out of order because we're trying to protect the sheep. You know, Psalm 133 verse one says how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And I'm telling you, unity is like the secret ingredient to church growth because there's great, amazing unity in our church. And I gotta tell you this, I have tried with everything within me to protect the unity because I know friction causes sheep to not grow. It causes you to not flourish. It causes other people to not wanna be a part of this. And so we're gonna protect the unity. And I've also learned that when we're butting heads with each other, when we're fighting with each other, the little lambs are the ones that get the brunt of it. They're the ones that get in trouble. I can tell you this, the first church I was a pastor in, I was a youth pastor. We had church split after church split after church split. It seemed like every six months, somebody had a problem with the pastor and was like, well, we're starting a new church in our home and we're starting a new church and we're starting. And every six months there was a church split. And I can remember once the pastor was on vacation and somebody stood up and they said, I just wanna call a meeting right now. I think our pastor needs a psychological evaluation and we should vote him out of it. And, and I'm like, I don't think we can do this. He's on vacation. You know, we're not supposed to do this. And they're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought, if you were visiting that day, are you coming back to that place? No way. And here's the thing that I learned. I was the youth pastor and I watched the lambs suffer. Mom and dad were like, well, we're gonna go start our own little church and call it whatever, whatever. And we're gonna do our own. And the kids were like, what's going on here? Is that how Jesus is? Because if this is how Jesus is, I don't wanna do this. And I had to pick up the pieces as youth pastor and watch these kids be damaged. And that's why I try to protect the unity. That's why our elders protect the unity. That's why I kind of joke, but I kind of am telling the truth when I say, if you don't like things around here, just hang on. We'll start a campus. You can go to that one then, all right? And if you don't like that, we'll start another church somewhere and you can go there. Don't ever cause division. Let's protect the unity of the church because the little lambs take the brunt of it when we have friction with each other and they don't prosper. And I want you to prosper. I want your soul to be fat, all right? <laughs> Romans 12, 8, 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's your, that's your ability. You don't need to headbutt anybody. As much as it depends on you, live at peace. Okay, two other quick things. We'll, we'll deal with number three in another verse here, but in order for sheep to lie down and really just take it easy, they need to be free from pests. They need to be free from pests. If there's things bothering them, they just agitate and they can't lay down. And I wanna tell you this, when things agitate you, deal with it right away. That's why the scripture says, if you go to give your gift and you're at the altar and you remember you have aught with your brother, you have a problem, leave your gift there, take care of it. Take care of it. The Bible says don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let a root of bitterness grow in there. It's saying all these things because it's saying those little things. You're like, they bother me and I just don't. Don't let it do that. I once saw someone get so offended because we wouldn't let them have a life group at our church in the building. And this is our philosophy. Our philosophy is do life groups out in the community, in your home, in Starbucks, in Caribou, wherever. Let's be out there. And we let, you know, like purity groups and grief groups and some of those special groups do in the building, but the rest is outside. I'm like, go outside. And the person let a root of bitterness build up just from a little thing. Don't let that happen. Don't let the pest get the best of you. Don't let pests ruin your soul getting fat, and fat's a good thing. Don't let your soul be ruined because there's a little agitation that keeps you from prospering like God wants you to. 
And the last thing is this. In order for sheep to lie down, they have to be free from hunger. They have to be full. They have to be full. And I want to tell you this, that I believe our good shepherd is out there. He's doing the right things. He's getting it ready. He's getting the spot for you to be full. He's ready. He's got the green pasture ready for you. He's irrigating. He's pulling up weeds. He's doing the right things for you so that you can be full. And our good shepherd is taking care of us. And I also want to say this for just a moment. I want you this week, if you could, and and please catch the spirit of this. Not me, but please thank the other pastors on our team. They are under shepherds. The Bible compares pastoring to like shepherding. And it's saying Jesus is your shepherd, but the pastors have been called to be under shepherds. I mean, I guess we could be sheepdogs or whatever, you know, or there. Hopefully we're not barking at you, but you know, we're under shepherds and they're there. And I want to tell you this, the green grass that is here at this church, and you catch the analogy, that doesn't happen by accident. That's because we have a devoted team that have joined uh, with this call that God placed on my heart and they've said, I will join this call and I'll be a part of that. I'll make sure that the kids are well fed. I'll make sure that the youth are taken care of. I'll make sure that the worship is there and life group is there and global teams are there. And so here at all of our campuses, could you just this week just thank someone, just verbally, just say thanks for making it so green here. Thanks for making it so good. Thanks for making it so easy for my soul to be fat. Thank you for blessing me in that way because they work really hard and and green grass just doesn't show up overnight. It's because they're out irrigating and pulling weeds and doing the heavy lifting. And I am so grateful for the team that God has given us here at this church. I love them. And I want you to just tell them this week that you appreciate the green grass and the way they make your your spirit and your soul fat. Last thing on this. Um, You have to learn to be a self-feeder. You do. You have to learn to be a self-feeder. You have to learn to get into the word of God for yourself. You have to learn to worship by yourself. You have to learn to be able to find the resources that you need so that God is the one that's feeding you. And in a lot of churches, you'll hear this. People say, well, I'm not being fed. And so we're looking for somebody we're not being fed. And it kind of becomes a cop-out a little bit. But here's the deal. And I think it was Spurgeon that said this, Charles Spurgeon. He said, if you look to the master to feed you and not your pastor to feed you, God will then use your pastor to feed you. Okay, so he's saying, if, if you just come to church once a week, you're like, okay, pastor, come on. I haven't been in the word this week. I haven't done anything on my own. I need something. You'll leave and you'll probably be disappointed. But when you've been feasting on the things of God and you come in, and this is not your only moment, but this is just one of the moments, this is like dessert. And you're like, oh, that was so good because it was just what you needed. It wasn't like I needed everything in the little bit I gave you. You're like, I've been feasting all week and this is just part of it. And many times you'll see like, wow, what God was doing for me in my private time was exactly what he did through the sermon. So look to God, be a, be a self-feeder and learn to say, God, you can make me lie down in green pastures. You'll lead me beside the still waters and I'm going to flourish. My soul, my spirit is going to get fat, and that's a good thing, God. Lead me, guide me, make me lie down when I need to, and give me everything I need so my soul can prosper. So, Lord, I pray right now that you would help everyone here at all of our campuses, Lord, just to realize you're the good shepherd. You're taking care of us. Type A people need to lay down and take it easy. They need to rest in you. All of us need to open your word first in the dry times and grab hold of you. Lord, and I pray that those things that sheep need, we realize we need too. Deliver us from our fears. 
Lord, deliver us from that friction. And, and when it's in our ability, help us to be at peace with everyone. Help us to be forgiving and loving and kind. And God, I pray that you protect the unity of this church. Protect the unity of this church. Lord, I just pray for these things. I just pray that we'd be well-fed and we'd be self-feeders and we'd just be people that would just press in in your word and get what we need because you're the good shepherd. We thank you, God, for pastors that help to shepherd, but we thank you that each of us has a direct line to you. We don't need someone else to stand in the gap. You've done it, Lord. We have a direct line to you. Be our shepherd. Feed us and give us everything we need. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.